0: Hello, 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 everyone. This is Nick Zatuni, Head of Operations from Coded Minds Team Canada. And I
1: am Ronar Qureshi, iSteam Integration Specialist from Team Canada Coded Minds.
2: And I'm Lucy Mills, not Lucinda. And I'm the Area Manager of Programming at Coded Minds.
0: There we go. Uh, this podcast, guys, is going to be fairly special because we don't have really like a a topic itself that we want to talk about. We actually want to tell a story. Uh, Again, most of our podcasts, they try to talk a little bit about technology or social skills and how we integrate that in education. But we never had a chance till now that Ronar is in the team to talk about education itself, the journey of a student, for example. Ronar is fresh out of high school. I'm pretty sure his memories are still very vivid in his mind. And my idea was... Let's hear from Ronar. How is the experience from a student here in Canada from whatever grade to whatever other grade, and what are the most interesting, the most boring, or any other of those details that usually kids don't talk about it, and now we have a person that will be sharing secrets for us. So Ronar, the mic is yours. Let's get started. All right. Yeah. So I have been in the
1: education system in Canada for all 12 years of my education so far. And I have lived in Calgary for all 12 years as well. So I can kind of speak to um, what I've seen has changed throughout the years. um, what, What has kind of remained the same and what I think should be the next steps for the education system. So I'm going to start off with my experience in elementary school, Um, and that was all in one school except for grade four, which I moved to a completely different learning program, which I will get to. So I started off um, in a a normal public school um, that was pretty new to me because I had recently moved from Hong Kong, so it was kind of a learning curve getting into a different school system meeting new friends kind of getting to know how everything works so i started off in kindergarten and i didn't really have that many friends i didn't really know how to interact that well and to be very honest i don't remember too much of my time um, in kindergarten grade one it was not that eventful it was as expected pretty boring Um, so something that I do remember, one specific memory that I have is my kindergarten teacher, because she was someone who was very inviting and open. And in a time where I had joined the school year halfway through, it was kind of daunting for me to come into a class where I didn't know anyone. People already made their friends because it was halfway through a school year, right? So it was very challenging for me to get into that environment so she really helped me with that and I really appreciate that and I can still remember her specifically for that because she took me around to the different groups of friends per se um, and kind of introduced me and got me into that setting right so i could start playing with the other kids without maybe having to have that awkward interaction at first myself so she kind of helped me out in that social interaction aspect and then from there i was able to take it and run with it myself so that was something that i really remember and it's something that um should be done with a lot of kids you should if if you're if you can see as an educator that a child cannot um, bring themselves to introduce introduce themselves and kind of get to know the other kids because they're shy or they're new or whatever reason there is, you should kind of jump in there, kind of help facilitate that interaction a bit, and then go from there.
0: So, yep, and it's funny that you mentioned, and I think that's going to be the, the same for all your stories, so I'm just going to mention it right now. Teachers do play an amazing role in the student development. The big difference is, and again, I know that different teachers in different locations, different ages, different experiences and whatnot, but a teacher who is usually committed that wants to make a difference in a student's life can make that difference using simple strategies, like just taking a child to different groups and introducing the child so the child doesn't have to go into that awkward moment. Or as I did with a student of mine on grade three, uh, grade 12, sorry, back in Brazil, that the child, was, uh, the teenager was having issues with the parents that were divorcing to the point that he was going to the class drunk. So, and that's when three months of work I was able not only to make him stop getting drunk, but also going to the parents and going to the principal and explaining, you know, and expressing himself out so he can be heard and people could be caring for him. So, that's, I guess, the most important part that I want to just highlight here. Teachers do play a role to all the teachers, to all the parents, to all the students that are listening to us. The big difference is teachers need to be willing to commit. For sure, yeah.
2: I just and want to add to that that um, some people think of teachers as like, you know, teachers. Um, but I think, as Renard uses the word educators, um, even from preschool and upwards, you are instilling that. And um, like Renard, I personally moved around a lot. I was always the new girl. But back in the day of the dinosaurs, they weren't into the emotional, social side of things. It was just, there's your desk, (laughs) there's your pen, that was it. Um, Nowadays, educators from whenever till the end of school are generally more attuned to that. And I think that will lead to having less socialization, confidence issues. Um, So it's great that Renard brought that up, that it goes back as far as his kindergarten.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as uh, both Nick and Lucy mentioned, um, educators play a huge role in a child's development. I can pretty much name all of the teachers um, that I've had throughout my uh, 12 years that have really had an impact on me. And I've actually managed to stay in contact with a few of them from um, as far back as my elementary years, which is something that generally is overlooked. You often think a teacher comes in for one year, you have that interaction with them for that one year, and then you move on, right? And that's something you don't really keep that relationship, but I've been fortunate enough to... Um, as i will discuss later on keep that relationship with some of my teachers which is great to have for me so yeah going back to uh, my elementary years um I, I the the second big memory kind of i have from my elementary schooling is i would say moving schools so i started off as i mentioned in a in a normal public school environment but then my parents kind of, thought that I should go into a different environment. So there's a program known as TLC, which stands for traditional learning center. And what they do is they kind of take education back to the, to how it was in the old days almost, right? So there was uniforms, there was specific structure there was different um classes that you had to attend all of that good stuff right so that program was a huge learning curve for me because i went from a program where i could kind of have more interaction with not only the teachers but the kids it wasn't as formal as uptight to a program where oh you need to wear a tie on mondays you need to make sure um, uh, you are completing your homework before this time. And that was a huge learning curve for me. Don't get me wrong. It was definitely a good experience. And I remained in that program actually for uh, one year of elementary and all of my junior high years. So it really shaped me to become who I was. Um, but it was definitely a learning curve at first. So once again, I was the new student. But this time what I noticed When I joined the program, I didn't get as much of the help that I would have liked, right? I didn't really get to know um, a lot of the kids and a lot of the teachers um, because once again, I didn't join at the beginning of the year. I joined a bit through the school years. So a lot of people that were new already made their friends. They already found their groups, what they like, their clubs, all of that good stuff, right? They developed the relationships with the teachers. So what I noticed for that one grade four year, um, which was the final year of my elementary school, I really struggled both academically and socially because I didn't have um, that that support um, as a new student that I perhaps would have liked. Um, so that was that was taxing on both my academic because I couldn't really focus as much on the academic aspect of school, because I was so concerned about the social aspect, right? Um, I was the odd one out. I was bullied a bit in that year. And then as the year kept on progressing, I had to make the decision to come out of my shell more, right, to interact more. And that was a personal decision. It wasn't really helped out by any of my teachers, which is unfortunate. But Um, I I made the decision to make more friends to hang out more with other kids to kind of discuss what I like and that really helped me um, get better both socially and academically because then I could focus on my school more now that I had that social aspect sorted out so I was very fortunate to meet um, as I mentioned earlier a couple of friends that have lasted with me to this day, right? So I was um, in that environment where I could become more confident. I could start talking more in class. I could start even answering more questions without the fear of being judged as much because I had that welcoming community um, present for me. So that was, that was the second big experience that I can remember from my schooling years.
0: I want to add one thing here that might be a little... Might, might be a little hard to touch, to point, to put the finger on for a lot of teachers, for a lot of parents, sometimes even for students. And you correct me if I'm wrong. Lucy, please correct me if I'm wrong too. But again, there is no social standards. We don't learn how to handle those situations. So you are put in one situation that you don't know anything about it. And it's literally up to you what you're going to make out of it. You mentioned that at some specific point, you, you made the decision to try and make more friends. So that might have changed your whole experience afterwards. But that came from inside. And that came from you suffering a pressure of being, again, the new guy in a new environment, in a new type of education that again, you could have just given up and said, like, you know what, whatever, I'm just gonna do the bare minimum here and survive. Or you could have done as you did and let's step up and let's up my game. My big point here, and that's what I want to say to everyone that's something very invisible, is that we as teachers, we as students, we need to understand the context that we're currently in and the decision will fall under the person who is experiencing that thing. And there is no right or wrong. If Ronar, for example, decided to just, you know, let's forget about this and I'll just keep going this year as it goes, maybe you would have developed a lot of uh, internal feelings kind of a skills. You'll be more introvert, but you would be in touch and learning a lot of things that would come from that introvert side of yours. But you decided to go the other way. So you have to expose yourself socially. You have to learn how to handle social skills. So you made a decision that had consequences. And a lot of people just like to point fingers. This is right. This is wrong. Parents, like you should be getting good grades. Parents are like, you shouldn't have relationships with that bad batch or whatever. It's understanding why people do what they do. But the big point is every situation can go really one way or another way. And there is learning in both ways. And that learning will shape you as a person in one way or another. And just so people don't get a little too, you know, like, ah, Nick doesn't know what he's doing. I had students that were extremely popular. They went into, you know, the very good side of becoming someone very nice at the school socially. And after that happened, they just decided to go down academically just because that that specific student decided to focus more in the benefits of the social relationships rather than the academic part of it. It can always go both ways. That's why I like to say that there is no right or wrong. But there is you making the best out of the situation that you are in a balanced way, like Ronar will tell more about it.
2: And I just want to interject there and say that that is um, one of the strong things that I think is taking the responsibility that it's your choice what you do at that time. And you made the decision that you did want to be more of the in the social circle. And so you looked at it and thought, what can I do to change that? Rather than putting it out on other people that they aren't involving me, that they don't understand me. You took the responsibility, and that's the main thing because I always say, you know, choices. You have choices at every single point of your life, and you can sit back, and yes, you know, there are many people today that are sadly not living the life they could have because they made the choices they did to react the way to how other people treated them and that is the basics of it if you can sit and actually instead of thinking what your life isn't and just sitting back and feeling a poor me and going back further and then you won't change anything if you're the person that can sit there and think okay this I want my life to be like that I want to be friends with those people. I want to be accepted. If you are that person, okay, how can I change that? And then you do it. Then your whole life will change. And as, you know, we learn more and more about you, specifically at that time, you made a decision which changed up to now in your life. But I I would put money on it that, it will change where you go in life because you constantly don't push it onto other people. You accept the responsibility yourself that it's up to you how you're going to get that change. Yeah, it's great listening to that, your side of it.
0: It's a great example. And just so, again, me bringing biology here, Darwin never said it's the survivors of the strongest, it's the survival of the fittest. And in order to fit, you need to adapt. If you don't adapt, natural selection chomps you out of the equation. Back to Roner. For sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually a very good point um, that you bring about adapting, um, because that's something that I noticed was a pitfall of the program that I mentioned. Um, it didn't really allow you. To express yourself too much, as I as I said before, um, there was the uniform aspect of it. Now that has its benefits and its drawbacks, right? Um, the benefits are obviously you don't worry about uh, what you wear every day, right? You don't worry about being picked on or bullied for what you're wearing. But the drawbacks are also you don't learn how to express yourself, right? You don't you don't really learn how to um, show what you're feeling or what you like using the clothes you wear which is a big aspect of children growing up and that was something that was absent for six years of my life as I, when I was young so it was for sure um, it was a good thing in the sense I could focus more on just who I was as a person but it was also a bad thing because I couldn't really express who I was as a person via my clothing so That the benefit of that was I had to learn how to express myself in other ways, right? So that includes, as I mentioned before, going out, being more social, like as a conscious choice, and talking more with other people, getting to know them better. And that was something that was definitely challenging at first, but then it got easier as as anything does with more practice. So yeah, um, moving on to my junior high years. Now, these are the ones that I really, um, really cherish because these were this was a special time for me. Um, All of the teachers I met during this time were great. They were really helpful. They were really they helped me become who I am today. Um, But one thing that I need to mention is the structure of the school itself. There was a very rigid academic structure. The class names, for example, grade five, There was 5A, 5B, 5C. If you were in A, you were the smart kids. If you were in C, you were the dumb kids, right? That's what they really told everyone. And this carried out all the way to grade nine with 9A, 9B, 9C. Now, you didn't really notice it as much at first, right? Like you were, it wasn't as noticeable. But then what happened was you went into grade seven, And in grade seven, there was this accelerated math program that started for only the kids in 7A, right? And that's where a lot of people, if you weren't in 7A at that point, you would not get the chance to be in that accelerated math program for the next three years. And that is something, the math program itself was phenomenal. Uh, What it did was it allowed you to complete your grade eight math uh, curriculum by I believe it was halfway through grade eight and your entire grade nine curriculum was finished in the other half of grade eight. So you in what you did in grade nine math was you got an accredited version of um, math 10, which is high school math. The first Uh, high school math course that you get you got the credits for it and everything in junior high and it was a phenomenal experience you got instead of um, the the half a year or semester that you get to complete that math program in high school you kind of got eased into high school beforehand in junior high with that program and you also got the credits for it by since you got the entire year to complete it you also were able to nail down the concepts better and when i went into high school it was a breeze for me and that was something that i really really loved but the problem with that was it was such a rigid structure that you could not join afterwards right like if you were if you weren't as academically strong in grade seven you wouldn't get that opportunity to join that program in grade nine And that is something that's very, very unfortunate. Even something as simple as not naming the classes 5A, B, C, right? That would have really helped the students in those classes um, have the mindset that they can grow. They can become better, right? They can um, do better, and that will allow them to get into whatever they want, right? Um, For, with the example of the math program, there was this one student um, who was my friend and he was in 7B when the accelerated math program started. right? And he really wanted to do that. So he made the effort to do the entire curriculum on his own with a partner teacher from the school. So he would spend an hour a day after school, every second day, Staying after school with the teacher and doing that math program on its on his own. So in grade eight, he could join our class. What the principal did in the summer of between grade seven and eight was he said, "If you have all of the required stuff completed, we'll let you join." But he did not offer that choice to anyone else. Right? He it was. It was only for that one child who was so motivated himself to join the program who got that choice, which is something that was very unfortunate because there was a lot of kids that I talked to afterwards in high school that went to the same junior high as me. And this was one of very few in the school that, uh, in in the city that offered um, this program. And it was such a great opportunity. And they only found out about it in high school when they saw some of their peers in grade 10 math were already done, They they were so, Well, versed with the curriculum, and they were like, Oh, this was this existed at our school, that's so sad, right? We didn't get to participate, and they might have raised their standards early on, so they would have been able to participate in that program had they known, right? And what going back to the example of the kid who worked so hard so he could get in, what the principal did is he offered him the choice, and when summer came. The kid had everything ready to go. He was rejected from the program. Why? Because there was two other kids who found out about it later. And instead of giving those two other children an opportunity to also join the program, the principal said, fair is only fair if no one gets to join. And that was the reasoning he used. And the kid, the entire work that he put in, it was all... Um, for nothing, basically, right? He did not get to join the program. And he went through the entire rest of his two years knowing that he could have, but he wasn't able to because the principal didn't let him. So he had the benefit of going into grade eight with that extra studying material he did, but he didn't get the benefit of the course, which is something that was very unfortunate to see. So as educators, what I think could have been better there is if the principal had, or if the school structure wasn't as rigid early on. So what that would involve is it would notify, first of all, it would notify the children of, oh, hey, this program exists. Second of all, it would give an option for just that one class. You could enter the accelerated math program if you were strong enough in math, right? Or if you were as determined in math, right? So what we had, um, anyways was we had different teachers for each subject throughout the high school, throughout the junior high school, right? So what could have been done is you could be in, for example, um, a lower level classroom, five B or six B for English. But if you're more strong in math, you could be in that accelerated program, right? And that would not be a problem at all because there was different teachers for each subject, right? There was different classes. And that's something what they do in high school, you can kind of choose the level of of difficulty that you want. And what could have been done there is you could have given that option to students instead of keeping it on the down low, keeping it all quiet and then suddenly, oh, you're in an accelerated math program. There were some students in my class who didn't want to be in that accelerated math program they couldn't drop down either, right? So it was that very rigid structure that didn't really cater to the needs of students, but as it was in the name of the program, traditional learning center, right? So it was very traditional in the way it was structured and in the way it went about teaching kids. So I think that something that could have been better is definitely removing that structure just a bit so that children are allowed to learn at the at the level that they are comfortable at, right? While still being pushed to an extent to do better, but not so much that they are encountering mental health issues or they are um, not able to keep up with the rest of their class. Because sometimes some students don't like, or they're not as good at something, right? They don't want to do it as at such a high level as other kids, right? So what happened was some of the kids in my class decided to leave the school entirely and go to a different school because they were in that accelerated math program and they didn't want to, right? So that was very unfortunate. It didn't really um, foster an environment where students could learn at their own pace or learn um, at the pace that was beneficial for them. So that was kind of unfortunate to see. Yep.
0: Uh, well, I, my whole stunned life back in the day was pretty much in a school like your traditional school there. So again, I know the pain and uh, I never studied, with the exception of my master's, in a more flexible model like here in Canada. And my two cents to it is, as a high school owner from Brazil, when I used to head my high school, is it's tough. It's not the best reason why that model is slowly disappearing, right? We, uh, what I think that most schools should do, and some of them are already doing, even though they're not thinking of it, is to think of their customers. And who are the customers? Their customers are students. So a student-based education, it's much better than a school-based education or teacher-based education, right? But it's a process. And unfortunately, education evolves in a slower pace than what we really want.
2: (laughs) And when I was at school, which I constantly joke was with the dinosaurs, um, it was a streamed school, like uh, you say, A, B, C, D. Um, and then, and there was a D, which made it really hard. Um, It was all strict uniform. If you were caught within three miles radius without your hat on, you got detention. Um, It even looked like Hogwarts school. That's what it looked like. Um, And it was all girls. So there was no boy interaction either. But... To say that somebody, and really, with, even with and only saying it now, I realised that I was in the A-stream my whole school, but I never thought of myself as clever A-stream because socially I was not integrated as much as I'd like to have been, so that side of me took my confidence. But when I look at it, um at 10 years old which was when i was at school you started at 10 which was your high school and you left at 15 um so you go in at 10 how can you know your mental div- and personality development at 10 can change so much by the time you're 11 or 12 or 13, 14, 15. So therefore, if you get put into an A stream at the beginning or a D stream, the D's would sometimes move to C's, the C's would rarely move to Bs. And after the second year, like Renard says, you're pretty much stuck there. So for an an A, you know, stream, you you kind of carry on. But it really was very um difficult to be a personality. And those that were, were usually outside the headmistress's room on detention. Um, So, yeah, I mean, but I do look back at it and think it did have its pluses. It taught me discipline. It taught me, um, you know, that I didn't have to worry about whether, which we didn't have in those days. I had Reebok, Gucci, Christian Dior, whatever. Um, and so, therefore, that's helped me personally, socially, because my family would have been able to afford the other stuff. Um, but, yeah, listening to Renard saying about the traditional school, I think that it is better that you have an open class and it's the teacher's responsibility to see the abilities in each child and then they can each grow at their own level rather than being pushed to a set level so yeah and at your age Rana, it's fantastic that you have had those two experiences yeah. because so many children um, and young people wouldn't they'd just be put in one type of school and just stay there so for you to have that double vision, as it were, of what what can be. Um, Again, that must have helped you to develop as a person.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, As you mentioned, Lucy, discipline was a big factor um, in my in my schooling time. And that was something that I don't regret at all. I love the fact that um, that you were expected to treat your teachers, your peers, with respect, and that is something that a lot of um, a lot of environments lack now. Unfortunately, that respect element, and that's something that needs to still be there while allowing the child to develop in their own pace, in their own way, right? And that it it needs to be that way, but it also should keep that discipline, that respect element, to an extent. And that's something that I've seen um, moving on to my high school years. Um, I'm not in a traditional program anymore. It's not offered for high school. I'm sure if it was, my parents would have probably encouraged me to go that (laughs) route. But uh, yeah, so it was not offered. Um, So once again, it was a bit of a learning curve, um, suddenly going from wearing uniforms every day to, oh, now you kind of have have to decide what you want to wear, or you get to express yourself in what you wear. Um, and that was also a learning curve for, I believe, my entire batch of um, students like in, in the class that went to my high school. Um, we all had to adapt and learn how to um, express ourselves through something as simple as clothing, which was a, an experience. And it was also um, beneficial because now we are just able to adapt more in general because of the transition. So in high school, it's definitely more. The learning is catered to your level, right? Like you get to choose which um, or how advanced you want to learn. Um, but again, there's that dash one dash two dash three element, right? Which is which often detracts from um, from the content of those courses, right? Because, for example, in math, dash three is not for. Um, Only those kids that are like really bad at math. It's applied math, right? Like it's the, it's, it is easier um, on paper, but it's also um, the mathematics that is used in, for example, construction or those kind of fields, right? Where you need to apply certain elements of math more. So it's more focused. So something that's often lost and is often like a cause of a lot of people being bullied in high school is if they take dash three math, because let's say they want to go into the trades or something like that. Right. Um, That's that's all that's required of them. Right. Um, Dash three. So they're often considered to be dumber, even though that level is all they need for the field. It's focused for for the field that they want to go into. So even something as small as changing the naming schemes of some of the courses, some of the, um, some of the classes in schools, which is slowly happening, can really help, um, help students not feel as if they're inferior in certain areas, right? And it can encourage them to continue learning um, without being almost patronized in a sense Um, or made to feel as if they are not as good as some of the other kids there. So um, I I would say uh, another big aspect of high school that I've noticed is recognition. That's, that's a huge um, thing that my high school lacks. Um, If you do something that's, that's notable, right. Or that's, that's good, or it's above, uh, a certain standard you don't really get recognized for it right like you for example um my team was uh th- there was a there was a club in my school known as LaunchX. um it was where you could create a company create a startup and then you get to pitch it to um a bunch of invest a group of investors right there was over 500 teams participating around the world and our team was one of I believe it was 20 selected to attend MIT um, to present our team to uh, a panel of experts for global finals. Right, our school didn't really um, recognize that. Didn't really um, show that. Oh, one of our one of our teams within the school was recognized at such a high level. Right, and that's that's unfortunate because you want to encourage other people to do uh, to do certain things. Right, but if you don't really promote that that's not going to happen as much. Now, the conflict happens when you don't want to make students feel bad about not hitting a certain standard, but you also want to encourage them by showing them the accomplishments of others. And I believe you can strike a balance there. So going back to my junior high, there was what's known as end of year awards, right? So they would, what they would do is they would give you an award for each subject to a certain student, right? And there would be an entire ceremony, there would be medals with students' names engraved on it. It was a it was a whole thing at the end of the year, right? And the benefits of that was it really um, encouraged students to perform at a high level, right? At such a young age. But the drawbacks of that was if you did the best you could, there was only one award for each category, right? So you either won it or you didn't, right? And you could have been this close, but at the end of the day, you didn't win the award. And that's that's unfortunate because I think awards are a very good thing to have because they encourage students to hit a certain standard. But the drawback was that limit, that one award, right? Because there might be those two students that are neck and neck, they're very good. They both tried their hardest, they did the best they could, right? But only one of them could get it. And that was something I believe a lot of teachers um, tried to bring up because they wanted to provide those to more students to encourage them to keep um, learning at such a high level, but they were only able to do it to one student for each subject. And that's something that high school has changed, which is very good because um, in our high school, we have what's known as an honor roll and an honors with distinction, right? So um, you can, anyone who hits a certain threshold gets that. So that's much more inclusive that allows students to work harder and still see the benefits of what they achieved, right? But the drawbacks of that is if you are just that much off, then you don't get that because you didn't hit that certain standard. Right. So there there are the pros and cons of recognition um, and providing that recognition, but you have to make sure that you balance that with not providing any recognition at all, right? Because if you don't provide any recognition at all, some students might think, oh, what's the point, right? Like I'm not, like my hard work isn't really being paid off. So you want to provide um, kids with that sense of satisfaction and that that goes on for educators in general, just in the classroom. If a student answers a question correctly, you want to acknowledge that they answered the question correctly, congratulate them, be like, oh, Great job, that's the right answer, right? If they don't, you don't want to make them feel as if they're wrong or as if they're a failure. You want to say it in a very gentle way, right? You, something you could say is, oh, good try, good effort, right? But, um, but then you want to teach them the right way of doing that as well at the same time. So you don't want to almost um, discourage them Uh, if they get something wrong, because once again, failure is not something that's bad. It helps with the learning process a lot. So you need to provide that recognition if they have success, but you shouldn't make them feel bad if they have failure. So
0: I have nothing for that. You nailed everything. Lucy.
2: (laughs) As ever, I do have a a question. (laughs) Um, Obviously, you have put in extra time. When you had that situation that you could have sat back and thought, I feel out of it, you chose to make the extra effort. Um, With your friend who really put in and made that extra effort and, you know, he didn't end up going where where he wanted to, but he did it. Um, There are some people who are very... Lucky, They're very naturally talented, whatever it is, math, singing, you know, whatever. So they don't have to put in as much effort, but they may deserve that honorary, you know, award. But then other people who don't have that natural ability, but put in that extra mile, they deserve the honor as well, because they got it, but it took so much more of them. So I'm kind of devil's advocate here because I'm saying, well, which one deserves it or not? And those that put in, you know, and those that just get it. Um, how do you feel about that? Rana?
1: That's a, that's a great point that you bring up right there. Um, and that's something that can be very tough to decide because that w- once again it's nature versus nurture right like how much of it um is just natural ability and how much of it is the way you um conditioned yourself to act the way your environment conditioned you to act and all of that stuff right so i believe that it's there there can be a middle ground for that um so in in the example i gave with the awards um if there was more than one The teacher is the one who's choosing to give that award, right? It's not only based on marks. So what could be done there is you could recognize both. You could recognize not only the one who has the natural ability, because you shouldn't shouldn't take away from the fact that they are naturally good at something, but you can also recognize the immense effort the other student put in, which is also incredibly important because you want them to keep that effort up. Right. You want them to feel as if their effort is being rewarded because you it definitely took them a lot more to get to the same stage as the one who was naturally um, able to do something. So by providing recognition to both of them, you really keep them both um, involved. You keep them both happy, but you also provide that satisfaction or that achievement that they need. Um, to continue learning at such a high level. So that was a great question.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, great story, Ronar. And I think with that, that's a wrap. So since you told the story, I'm going to take you out of the equation now. Uh, I'm going to do my summary of what's really interesting and important from all the stories that you, you mentioned to us, and then Lucy can do hers. But I think there there's multiple levels here of, uh, of learnings, and there's multiple levels from institutions, people, and even yourself. So if you're a student and you're listening to this, again, the best lesson that you can take out of it is adapt. Ronar is a classic example of starting fresh in different schools and having to adapt and still being very successful. So that's very important. Your high school will prepare you, your school overall will prepare you to the world once you graduate. So great training grounds, period. If you're a teacher be aware of how much you can really influence your students and try to be a source of inspiration. It doesn't hurt to go the extra mile. It has extra effort, of course, but you're not just doing extra effort because you're nice. It's because you're helping people who will be doing the extra mile for someone else. So keep the chain going. If you're a parent, try to compensate sometimes for what the school that you put your kids in is not really doing. And I know the parents have to work and they are tired and then they need to come home and still educate their kids and you know whatever else, but that can bring an extra mile learning for the child and even explain to the children that oh my god, things are happening in school like this. Parents can come in and say, like, well, but in the real world, it's not like that, you should understand how the system works, etc. And if you are a school. I would strongly recommend that, as Renard said, to bring more balance into most of the rules. Reality is the system and whatever system we're talking about, it's not perfect. But if we try to improve, if we try to bring different pieces, different perspectives into that system, you can have people that are not, for example, as fortunate as Romar to have that kind of a balance, to make sure that, oh, I need to grow so I will grow. And you can give those people opportunities to become as good as, if not more than Ronar is currently.
2: Yeah, and I think the um, one of the key things is to not judge yourself by other people. To be yourself, own your own abilities and capabilities and where you want to excel, focus on that. Um, if somebody is pushing you in another direction, communication. Let them know the reasons why you don't feel as comfortable there. Um, hope that they will take that on board, whether that's your parent or your teacher, whichever it is. Um, to always communicate the people the difficulties you're having or where you would like help on. Um, but, yeah, always, always be true to yourself and keep your own dreams real to you. And if you focus on that and not other people, then you're taking yourself to where you want to be and not where other people expect you to be. Um, And in that way, you will have the life that you want and that it is your choice. Um, I come very much from a history of dealing with people that have um, had difficulties in making choices, that have some made the very wrong choices. Um, And there are wrong uh, choices in life which will not take you where you want, um, but it is down to you. So even if somebody is doing or saying something that is affecting your life, it's how you allow them to affect you and one of the sayings is teach people how to treat you is a very good one um, and that's what you need to do through life but just be true to yourself and make your own choices because Renard is a is a shining example of having done that and I'm sure there's other people that are out there that sadly have had more tragic family situations or anything else but that is the moment that is happening to you it is not the moment that you can give yourself so um so yeah when people say to me you can't change your past you can because today is tomorrow's past so you can change your past it's just up to you and um i think that Hopefully, Renard stays on this path because we are. This podcast is about a young person and the choices they make, and through education and things like that. And if Renard keeps his same attitude, then I'm sure he will go on to whatever things he wants to do. And I wish you good luck in doing that, Renard.
1: Thanks a lot for that. That
0: was. And that's you Oh, go
2: ahead.
1: Oh, yeah no i was just going to say that's uh sums it up perfectly it, it you become what you make of your your circumstances
0: and your situation so that perfectly sums it up and that's it then guys great story great comments i hope it was helpful to all the listeners and with that in mind this is Nick Zatuni. over and out
2: goodbye everyone and good luck from now.
0: Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. All right. See you all in a few weeks.